Ladles and jelly spoons. Welcome to Truth, Love, and Peace. This is episode number 18, and I am joined by and in a secret location with Mr. Jonathan Puzan. And uh, we are we are sitting here turning everything on. Uh, I was so excited to say Jonathan Puzan that I didn't punch this up fast enough for Facebook Live. Uh, so we'll do that while we talk. And uh, the good thing about me not having had too much coffee yet is I have forgotten everything that we've been talking about. Yeah. So we can revisit all of it. That's true. Uh, Wherever you want to start. <laughs> yeah. I'm, no. I'm good with all of it. My finger, my fat fingers do not like this uh, this new app. I feel like no matter what, there's always going to be something to talk about, especially under the constraints of being, you know, live. <laughs> we'll see if anyone wants to drink coffee with us in the morning. You know, it Truth, could love and peace. We could really just sit here in silence for an hour, and just eighteen. See just how it goes over. No, pull a Matt Damon and Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. <laughs> It was amazing, Jerry. Watch the seconds tick by. <laughs> One of my favorite movies. Let's see if it lets me uh, tag you. Jonathan Puzan. Did you see Good Will Hunting? Am I too old for this? No, I've seen it. Okay, Good Will Hunting's awesome. Uh, telling jokes now, I am constantly worried about who gets what references. Mm -hmm. And I have no way of knowing. And since I am not part of the, the young crowd anymore, I've missed a couple. Oh, I've missed a couple. It's not your fault. No, it's not my fault. I've always been old. Uh, so, But when I had to stop, like, I stopped mid-joke because no one knew who Terrence McKenna was. And I was like, fuck it. Uh, this is not going to be funny anyway. Yeah. We're going to make this educational. <laughs> so I turned a three-minute set into a TED Talk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, it's, here we go. Yeah. Hey, that's okay, though. As long as, uh, I mean, you know, it seemed like they listened. Hopefully somebody came away with something, or at the very least went home and got high. Exactly. Truth, Love, and Peace 18 with Jonathan Puzan going live on Facebook. Three, two, one. Facebook Live. Welcome. Hey, welcome. Sorry, I was looking at the microphone and not the camera. <laughs> uh, good morning to me. Uh, yeah, so, hey, welcome. Facebook Live, YouTube, uh, all that good stuff. Uh, this is Jonathan Puzan. Uh, that is a computer, and it looks like everything is working. So uh, thank you to whoever that one viewer is. Uh, don't turn us off yet. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. And I, I don't know. I don't know where we want to begin. I mean, we don't really. Well, yeah, we can share some stuff on Facebook while we're deciding where to begin. Do you want to share this to your page real quick? Uh, While we are waiting on some, some people to join us. So y'all don't go anywhere. Y'all stick around. Join us. Hang out uh, for a second. We're going to share some stuff on Facebook. Y'all please take the opportunity, if you're watching, to share this on Facebook. And uh, spread the word. Uh, thanks for joining us for Truth, Love, and Peace. Uh, That's what we're doing. That's what we're talking about. We've got Facebook. If you're confused about where we are, we are in my home. In my home studio. Which we'll talk about later. Um, but yeah, this is welcome. Did you talk about it now? Tell them all about it. This you built you built this studio. You put this together. This is this is yours. And you guys have done work in here recently. We have. Uh, that's as as better place than any to start. Um, uh, I just finished. Uh, if any of you, you know, as you 
watch this and view it. Uh, my friend Zachary Thomas Diedrich. I just finished his album in the studio. I call it a studio. It's really just a bedroom. Um, it's not even. It's it's a master bedroom. So I got a bathroom. Makes me legit. Um, and yeah, it's just it's just treated to you know the approach that I've taken and I've built. I've just been building up equipment and instruments and God knows what for years and years and years. And I've always had a studio. So this is 14 years deep of it. <clears throat> 14 years? Yeah, something like that. Wow, I didn't know it had been that long. 14 years? That's awesome. 14 years of just recording. Heck yeah. yeah. Uh, that's Don't side get note. me wrong, like 10 of those years were awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but well, I made it work. <laughs> yeah, well, we all start somewhere. Um, we're not ignoring your comments, by the way. Thank you so much for, for leaving a comment and talking to us. Uh, we are just taking our sweet time this morning and enjoying ourselves. So uh, we will we will address all of those shortly because we do want to talk to you guys and we appreciate you hanging out with us. Um, but I don't want you to have to go anywhere. So I'm going to plug this phone in and, uh, and put it over there so I can watch us in both places. Look, there we are. Uh, Clifford Collier, man. Uh, Clifford, love you, brother. Hope you're doing well. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, we got so much so much to talk about. Okay, so I shared that to one page. Did you find it on Facebook yet? Did you get a chance to share it? Mm, Shall we dive right in? I guess while we're doing all that. Um, so Diedrich is the only album you've done so far in here. That's nice too, by the way. Who'd you guys get to uh, to to put all that together? That artwork looks great. Uh, Give us the rest of the details. Uh, well, we get it. <clears throat> just so I can let you know some information, because I don't have all of it. Um, it's okay. You don't have to memorize all of it. You did the mixing and the mastering, and sure. whichever part you did do, I'm sure it was substantial. So you don't have to memorize every bit of it. Well, uh, so it's a. Uh, Nobody expects you to be superhuman. So this is out of the first 200 copies that have been made. Um, and we did the album pretty quickly, way quicker than I would have liked to, obviously. But, um, you know, so it's recorded all over the place, and uh, including in here, including random single-wide trailers to, uh, you know, large living rooms throughout southern Alabama and Florida. And, uh, and which has turned out to be a, you know, a challenge and a feat, all to say in one. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I mixed the thing and I brought it in the studio and I, I did my work with it and did, did what I know how to do. And so this is the first, one of the first 200 copies, uh, more to come, but my friend, Mr. Zachary Thomas Diedrich, he's a wonderful, freaking awesome country songwriter, um, and, you know, I really just, I believe in, in his music and, and the way he presents it uh, and the honesty behind it. And so I took on that. And so this is my first, like, real big project. I can't wait to listen to it. It's good. I'm remastering it, though. That's all I'm trying to preface is <laughs> it'll even sound better than next 200 copies. <laughs> I'm next 200 copies. <laughs> That's great, though. I, uh... It was a real quick month. Or a real long month, which depending, but there's a lot of work. So it let's do it. You, it only took you a if month. If you want it, contact him. So it only took you a month? Well, I did it in wow. a month. 
the, right. Just the first awesome. 200. Um, but as I said, I'm remastering it because there's some stuff. I mean, obviously, you take a CD, you sit there and you listen to it and listen to it and listen to it and listen to it and, to it and keep going. Yeah. Um, so I've sat there with, you know, everything, all the means that I have learned to hear sound. Uh, and I'm essentially reworking frequencies and this mm -hmm, and that, mm -hmm. you know. All the little things that matter. <laughs> all those little things that your bones like. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful news, man. Uh, so, it's, people want to get it, uh, Zach's information. Yeah, uh, Zachary absolutely. Zachary Thomas Diedrich uh, is the guy that you're looking for. And uh, we'll throw s uh, some stuff in the links to get everybody caught up there. Um, Daniel Mosley, what's up, Daniel? Hey, you should, if you want, I'll play a song from that album, you know, before we're over with. Or part of a song from the album. It sounds good, I promise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love to listen to an excerpt. Um, that'd be that'd be really sweet. That's so exciting, man. I'm so happy for you. It ain't nothing too crazy, but that and playing music and just doing it all. Uh, I don't know. I guess it's really weird being on live. <laughs> Why? Because I don't know what to talk about. Oh no, you'll you'll forget about that no, momentarily. Okay. Uh, I I've just been sitting here while you're telling the story about the album, thinking about Zach, and whatever that was that just fell behind me. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a picture. My, and, my studio's falling apart, man. Well, that's what happens when I show up. <laughs> Shit dies. Uh, <laughs> so. Just listening to you tell that story and thinking about Zach going from place to place and again showing up with all these different recordings and just going, make me an album. Yeah. Oh, it's... <laughs> because that's that's so quintessential Zach. He's mm -hmm. like, this is how I want to do it and it's going to be crazy, but it's going to be awesome. Just trust me. Yeah, exactly. So I'm looking forward to hearing it. That's great, man. And uh, it's well, a, There's a lot of heart and soul behind it, too. That's the coolest part. Like That's why I'm like... That's, that's me like saying... It was so much fun to mix just because of like, you know, yep. there, I mean, from, you know, from hell to high water, you wouldn't think because these are just, just people you see in your every, everyday life. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that, the, and, and just putting tracks on and making it digital form, you know, you literally, you go through hell and high water just to get something real yeah and, uh, and you, you hear it and you feel it in every recording. And that's, for me, that's. That's, uh, awesome. that's the best way to to hear and you know because you know recording and just your songs are about an experience and you have to accurately reflect that when you record them mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so Zach did a hell of a job of doing that and I was just Zach. the whole time I was just like <laughs> we got this well we'll have to get Zach on on an episode so we can listen to some full tracks but um, uh, yeah. well It'd, that'd be cool. It'd be awesome. It'd be fucking awesome. If you all want to hear Zach tonight, yeah. he's playing with yeah. myself and Kevin Swanson at the Point Restaurant in Perdido Key. If y'all want to hear it, judge for yourself, and he'll totally have those albums. Sweet. What time's the show? At the Point? Six to nine. In Perdido Key, six to nine. And for those listening on the replay, it's Wednesday uh, in the middle of January. And it's been every Wednesday for the last... Not with Zach, but... You guys do uh, do every Wednesday at the point? You and Me and Swanson? Kevin typically, yeah. Kevin Swanson is uh, my other pick and partner. 
today is the 10th. That's what I was getting at. Yeah. Um, oh, man. It came I know, quickly. right? I try not to think about it. I try not to think about it. I saw the Big Lebowski post. Uh, so, it's the 10th already? <laughs> I was like, shit! It's already the 10th! Uh-huh. Time flies. Oh, well, that's, that's what happens in this day and age. Um, I don't listen to, as, to nearly as much music anymore, and so I am reconciling in my head the difference between all the music that I used to listen to and how much less music I, uh, I consume now. Which is a good thing, because when I listen to it, it's so much more enjoyable. You know, when you don't have to do it all the time, mm-hmm. it, it comes, goes back to being, being fun. Yeah. Uh, which I've kind of been in the middle of. Exactly. So I've been enjoying a, a renaissance of my old music collection, mm-hmm. which, is, which is very nice. Uh, but is- it's coming back around. It always comes back around. And, uh, and so thinking about you guys being at the point tonight is what made me think of that because I haven't been getting out much, but I'm starting to get back out and listen to, to live music again. I feel like my ears are finally... Mm-hmm. <laughs> back, to, back to normal. <laughs> I'm wait. Yesterday I'm falling asleep and all of a sudden my right ear starts going, boo boo, oh, boo, boo, boo 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 like tapping. Like not. It wasn't my mm-hmm. like heartbeat, but it was my like tapping for like straight up. It would do it for a couple seconds, go away, and and it. I was like, feels like there's air like blowing out of my. <laughs> oh no, no, that would suck so bad. It is. It's been very interesting. So I'm like going you know i'm only on two two weeks of not consistently actually i'd say like going on a month of not consistently being yeah. in in a, in a lot it's just the off season yeah and uh that's just amazing like the you know the the aural shift that occurs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's a very real thing mm-hmm. it's a very real thing I uh, have gotten so much more used to to people speaking. So when speaking through a PA instead of singing through a PA. Mm-hmm. And so the volume levels, if somebody screams or if somebody has bad mic technique and raises their voice, I am so much more aware of it now. Mm-hmm. It's one of those first things I hone in on. Uh, and, and I guess because I'm uber critical of myself and my mic technique. Uh, but that's something that I've, I think back to, uh, listening to like you and Moondog just when I think of hugely powerful voices. Uh, and so when I fuck up my mic technique, Mm -hmm. I always think back, I'm like, how did Puzan do that? (laughs) And I play it back in my head and I'm like, oh, that's how, that's, that's his, that's that technique. That's what I need to be doing to not sound like shite. Uh, which I guess is a, a long way of saying, um, as much as I love Zach, and you guys are playing tonight, if somebody wanted to go hear some of your music right now, since I don't have any of it queued up, um, which we didn't even really talk about what we were going to do music-wise, uh, but what's the easiest way to get a hold of your stuff? Let's get those plugs in now um, before we forget about all that. The easiest way right now is if you want to hear my albums, I have um currently... Uh, I have two albums I officially released, and then I have loads of just songs all over the place, too, on top of that. But uh, if you want to hear both my albums, mm-hmm. Bandcamp. Dot, it's, so Bandcamp is where I uh, basically 
They're free if you want them. And uh, if you'd like to donate to the cause, which is essentially all this stuff that I've been building up, plus, you know, family and, you know. If you want to help pay my bills, uh, buy my album. But... <laughs> You can get it for free if you're broke. I I just want you to listen to me. No, um, but so bandcamp.jonathanpuzan.com. If that's not in the correct order, you could just Google Bandcamp Jonathan Puzan. There you go. Uh, but I think that's the correct order. So and my name is spelled J O N A T H A N P U Z A N is how you spell my last name. So bandcamp.jonathanpuzan.com. Hopefully. So check that out. Yeah. If, uh, if yeah. you haven't already, if you've never heard JP perform, uh, it's incredible. And uh, we will think of a way to get that on here somehow. We may just pull up a track and play it uh, or something like that because uh, it's well it's well worth our time. Or if you've got a guitar over there, maybe we'll talk have. you into playing something. I have good speakers. You have good speakers? <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> Well, let's talk about your, your musical career uh, all the way from, from Guam. So for the, the people who don't know and the people who haven't gotten to sit down with you that want to know you better, uh, catch people up. Uh, from Guam, been playing music for how long? Spent some time in Montana and... Or am I thinking of somebody else? That's the other Jonathan. Dude, I want to hear the rest of it, actually. You want to hear my version of it? <laughs> yeah. This is fun. This is what we should do. What does Compton know about his friends? Not a goddamn thing. Remember's horrible. Why, where did Montana come from? There's Montana somewhere. Missouri. There you go. See? <laughs> Fucking Midwest. But sorry, y'all. Sorry, y'all. I'm bad at that. First, he tells us he stops listening to music for comedy. No, I'm just joking. I know, I'm right? just joking. And then he forgets... What Midwest states are what. <laughs> and that some of them matter more than others. Missouri. Why did I think... Yeah, because it's well, you and Bogue. You and, and Bogue are, are the Missouri cats, right? Dustin Bogue. Was um, Missouri guy? Is Bogue from Missouri? Remember. I don't know. I wonder. I, don't, I haven't had that conversation with him. That's interesting. Anyway. anyway. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure yeah. you you can definitely do better than I did. I got three lines in so, and fucked it up. So, so I went to do tell. So I was born on the island of Guam, and then I I went to Montana to herd cows. Um, not really. You and Newton, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me and Newton. Trip. Me, this could be a really legit story if I get it down. Because I'll buy it. <laughs> um, no, I I born and raised on Guam. This is. I was born there, raised there. My dad is uh, in the Air National Guard of Guam, so he has been there for a very long time, um, just because he's state federal, both. Yeah. So I, I lived there for 18 years. I moved to Los Angeles, went to audio engineering school, got really pissed off at Los Angeles because I think that's what a lot of people do, uh, moved to Missouri. And the whole time played music, uh, most of the time, and uh, yeah, I moved to Missouri, got a degree in psychology, worked as a mental health caseworker, and moved down here. Became a sound engineer. Said, "Wonder what the South is going to be like." <laughs> Pretty much, and uh, you know, so far so good for the most part. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, and here I am doing this. We, you know, who knows? We might be in an RV uh, in Montana herding cows. You could. Soon. You, you could. could. 
It's very much in the likely possibility. Uh, Lauren Kay is doing that. She, she's in Montana herding cows? She is. Oh, RV? I don't know about the RV, oh. but uh, she's going out to tend a ranch. Oh, That's really? Yeah, yeah. That's badass. I know, right? That's so cool. I, <laughs> I, if it was in Montana, that'd be a trip. I think it is. Oh my! I, I think it is. It's somewhere. It's somewhere out in the Midwest. And until proven otherwise, I'm going with it because it's the only redemption I've got on, on <laughs> confusing you and Newton right now. Damn it! <laughs> uh, either way. Either way. That's awesome, though, uh, to, to go from, just from the music standpoint, to go from playing music to being a producer um, is a very cool thing. Uh, I, get, I get parts of it. I mean, I get why it was fun for me, but mm -hmm. the, the two albums that you do have out, um, I'm trying to think where a fun place in, in all of this to start would be, but L.A., I want to hear more about L.A. because I don't think I've heard you, or if I, I don't remember you talking a lot about L.A. So. Oh, well, L.A. was just it was the you know a kid turns eighteen, fresh out of high school, you know, mm. kind of you know lived on an island most of my life and the well for almost seventeen to eighteen years. I lived in Japan for a year and a half. Jealous. Um, it was well. Looking back, I I don't I I was such a shithead back then that I realized how much I didn't appreciate the you know all the really cool stuff that was already there. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, and and still being that shithead at the at eighteen, I uh, went to Los Angeles thinking I was confident enough to take on L.A. out of you know little island Guam like, uh, and I you know I did and I did fine, but it just yeah. got to the point where it, like. You know, it's like everyone's taking on Los Angeles by themselves, it feels mm. like. You know, at least in the, in the realm that I lived in, taking mm -hmm. the bus, you know, to wherever I needed. And, you know, like, and just, you know, being in that, that big city grind that everyone's so constantly uh, pushing, you know, mm -hmm. they're trying to push and get somewhere, uh, that there's not a whole lot of time for the, you know, the interactions that you'd think you'd have with people and uh and there's a lot of and there's a lot of sadness there too which is that it that it's everywhere mm -hmm. um but in in a big city like that it was real easy to find so i decided to leave and oh and while i was in la i was pursuing i was working at american apparel mm. uh I worked at Buckle, so I'm, i was right yeah. across the mall from you oh really there you go <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah, that was a real cool. That was a real cool place to to work at, cause just just for what it stood for, cause it was like American made clothing yeah. and fair wages and all that. Yeah. And they were weren't they're you know, in two thousand nine they were, the only people that I knew were doing that. Do I need to roll back my shitty opinion of American Apparel? Do they do good things? They do. I mean, they mean well. Don't don't okay. get me wrong. Okay. Yeah. But they're trying. That's good. Yeah. Like it's good to hear that they're trying. Mm -hmm. Hardcore, you know. I, I don't under you know it's a it's a it's a, you know it's still a brand name. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just I'm not a fan of a lot of things on that level. Mhm. Mm uh So so yeah, it's it's good to hear any good news in that regard. But I just I worked there for I mean, you know, I kind of got to say it's okay, you know, like kind of got to say 
They ain't that bad. Uh, I stood for something while I worked for it, let's put it that way. Oh, that's... Hey, man, that's more than I could say about Buckle. The <laughs> second time, the second time I worked at Buckle was pure, unadulterated, I'm here for the discount. Uh-huh. Oh, man. So the story goes, um, just in case you're wondering, I have to press that button every 20 or 30 minutes because the camera SD card stops recording for safety reasons. It thinks oh. it's going to melt itself. I don't know. But anyway, when I worked at Buckle for the second time, and I hadn't told this story yet, this is definitely needs to become a bit. Uh, I had just left the casino, and so I went and worked at the store that I knew I could go and work in and build a whole new wardrobe. So... You had way more principals at American Apparel than I had at Buckle because I was literally there just to get a uniform for going back to college. Really? <laughs> yeah. So I didn't care what sweatshop those jeans came out of as long as they made my ass look good. I knew a great deal about <laughs> denim for that exact reason. That's awesome. Hey, we all wear jeans for the That's same true. Reason. Well, and especially at that, you know, in that point of stage of life, you know, like you don't know what... You don't know. You don't know shit from Shinola at eighteen. Yeah. You know you might, but no, oh, man. You know. I and okay, so <laughs> the first buckle I worked at was in uh, Eric Erdman. Uh, I'm not that guy. I know. Me too. That dude's fucking awesome. We need to talk. We need to talk. It's good to hear from you. Um, this, so the first time I worked at Buckle, I was in Meridian, Mississippi. I was going to school at the University of West Alabama in Livingston, Alabama. T-tiny podunk towns. Mm -hmm. uh, and Meridian had this mall, and it was... Oh, I've been to Meridian's mall. Woo! <laughs> Boom! Uh, Bonita Lakes was the name of this mall, and I was working at Buckle in Bonita Lakes Mall in Meridian, Mississippi. Uh... I didn't know. I, I was so naive. I didn't know how out of place I was. <laughs> but something about that, that fresh denim yeah. out of the sweatshops made me feel right at home. <laughs> That's hilarious. Something about the way it hugged my thighs. <laughs> it just doesn't sound right when we say it. Just, it's just not, not cute at all. <laughs> yeah, Two so bearded least... dudes talking. <laughs> I know. Funny. Oh man! So at least you had some principles working at American Apparel. Yeah, uh, I was just in it for some threads. Well, you know, I was—I will say, man. So back to like LA though. Like, so I also did that. I went to school uh, full time uh, for audio production at the Art Institute of Los Angeles, which was mm -hmm. awesome. Mm -hmm. Really awesome program. I mean, obviously very expensive, but, you know, needless to say, I was going to, you know, I was going to try. And so, did a year of it, learned learned a fair deal, um, and then made that, you know, that pitch over to the Midwest in gay psychology. Um, <laughs> we'll uh, where was I going with that? There was something else back, what were uh, you saying? L.A. and... Oh, yeah, but so, like, you know, working at a nine, 18 years old, nine dollar nine dollars an hour paying for an apartment that's sixteen hundred dollars a month <laughs> in the middle of korea town <laughs> oh that's ridiculous a one bedroom it was a one bedroom apartment that me and my friend had to share you know like wow yeah and you're like man this sucks wow but that's you know it's, that's the grind that is the grind yeah for, you know yeah that's the cost of the dream yeah i guess 
don't get me wrong, my dad saved my ass way more times than I can count or has, you know. You know, until I, like, graduated from college and said, I got this. I'm going to do this myself. So you uh, you went from having uh, psychology all around you to, to only seeing it in textbooks, going from chaotic L.A. to, quote, unquote, normal Midwest. Mm-hmm. So is L.A. the reason you picked psychology? I mean, ultimately, tr- truthfully, yeah. I mean, it's everything, every decision you make is essentially based off of your experiences mm-hmm. and that guide you to make those decisions. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's and like all that stuff, all the, you know, you grow up with the dad as a counselor, your mom's a psychologist. And, you know, so first of all, just basically screwed from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but... So I spent up just, you know, analyzing everything. Oh, not really. I love my parents. They, If it weren't for them, I wouldn't be who I am. But, you know, that combination of, and then, uh, then just having the experience. Just knowing, like, knowing how important it is to understand what's going on within and without of yourself. And, you know, and, mm-hmm. and not, and, and then understand further that. As a human being, it's not your job to judge. I mean, it, you're gonna naturally do it anyways. But it's my job, not yours. It's your job to try to understand, right? You, you know, because you know, makes you feel better. You're not, you're not a. If you sit there and judge, you're not a douchebag. If you sit there, sit there, and if you sit there and try, if you sit there and try to understand, mm-hmm. then, you know. <laughs> You're at least doing your best. Right. Uh-huh. And you don't want to be the asshole that shits in the douchebag. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, that's not what that's for. Yeah, so don't get me wrong. Uh, don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. That's, that'd be just really interesting. Asshole that shits in the douchebag. That'd be very bad. Very, very bad. Uh, mean. Torturous. It's a hor- horrible. Like, I just... Yeah. I'm sorry I even said it. <laughs> I apologize. Because now I can't get it out of my head. That's disgusting. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? I need some of that. <coughs> JP's singing bowl. We could do a whole segment. We could do a whole segment. I love that thing. No, seriously, though, like... There's this great song by Sid and Amy, and she, I like Tibetan singing bowls are just mm-hmm. like if you if you're if you ever like want to dive into meditation or really just you know make a halfway half-ass attempt at relaxation, mm-hmm. great to just go on YouTube and look up like an hour-long Tibetan singing bowl, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. So good. Mm-hmm. But having one is pretty damn cool, too. Mm-hmm. Well, and meditation is really important because I think it gets to the same point that you were talking about earlier. It's a waste of time to be judgmental and to worry about other people without addressing uh, what's going on in your own head first. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that is really where it all comes from. And I've kind of been working on a case study in my own head where, whereby you can take pretty much everything anybody says and remove everything from the equation and put a mirror in front of them 
and get a pretty true sense of what's going on in their head. Uh, like if you take out the, in, the definitely pointed uh, at and in regard to someone else, but in the way that people talk, if you frame it from the standpoint of those people who are having a conversation with themselves, mm-hmm. oh, man. <laughs> ah! yeah, exactly. you know, you have one of those aha moments <laughs> uh-huh. because so much of it is, is exactly that. It's us convincing ourselves through the lens of other people, you know, that, that uh, co-creation, that affirmation of, of uh, you know, co-construction of reality and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I agree with you. It is a waste of time to be all judgmental and, it's, and when worry about it. Yeah, exactly. You know? Well, and yeah, to like to uh, what is it? I don't know how do I like. I guess to be judgmental and then to well, exactly to worry about it, but mainly just to understand. Oh, well, why did I feel that way? How does it reflect back to me? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, to understand. Mm-hmm. That's so. I mean, it's okay to be judgmental as mm-hmm. long as you try to understand and truly justify it like and you know because yeah. if, if you can't justify being ugly then you know what's the, what's the fuck right point? if it's honest it'll work out okay that's one of the reasons that i harp on the truth thing all the time because mm-hmm. as long as you're being honest uh it doesn't have to be pretty mm-hmm. um it, it's just it's true and eventually it'll be funny because uh, tragedy plus time equals comedy uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so funny that's so true mm-hmm There was something in there I was going to double back to, and it must not have been too important, but the gratitude thing, uh, love and gratitude is, is what I always remember you saying. Uh, that's, is, do I have that right in, mm-hmm. in that one of yours? And, uh, and how, I wouldn't say it's one of mine, but it's, well, it's definitely one, one I fall One you toss out a yeah. lot. Um, yeah, I've always enjoyed that one. Uh, always get reminded of that one. That's a... Well, that's essentially from, uh, I can't even remember his name. I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> well, he's working on that. Um, so we will pull up this Facebook and take a moment uh, to... Check this out. Oh, somebody commented on my dinosaur post. Hey, Don. Hey, Donald. Crispies. Eric said, thanks for posting. Fan of you both. We love you, Eric. Be <laughs> rich. Nick, oh, whatever. John's the best writer <laughs> on the island and maybe the world. Whatever. Yeah. I. You see that emoji right there? That's a I pooped my pants emoji. <laughs> <laughs> We wrote a badass song last night that we did. Good. Good, good, good. That we did. Uh, I understand that Nick is doing some research to team up with someone else that's been on the show and uh, and is going to bring us some entertainment at some point. Heck yeah. Which should be good. It looks like those are all the comments for now, which is wonderful. Thank you all for, for chiming in. We appreciate it. Love and gratitude comes from... This guy Masaru Secret Emoto. I always thought it was great that his last name was uh, basically emotion. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, and so a lot of you know, a lot of his theories are based off of reactions, uh, in water crystals. Yeah. And uh, 
And so what he what he works with is he actually, you know, he did a lot of research on basically presenting emotion towards waters, mm-hmm. towards uh, like plants. And, or I don't know if he did it towards plants, but he mainly worked with water crystals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, their crystalline form when presenting emotions, when presenting heat even. Mm-hmm. So it started with doing like elements, when presenting elements to them. Mm-hmm. And then also, uh, you know, it came down to feelings towards the ice bringing it and and then he like basically measured their uh not measured but picture he photographed uh their microscopic you know zoomed in and Mm -hmm. they actually uh aligned with emotion and heat and uh feel like that you know the if you if you said i love you to the water of all things Mm -hmm. you know uh, to to send the, the feelings of love towards the water, mm-hmm. um, they actually are beautiful ice crystals. Mm-hmm. But on the other end of the spectrum, you get just uh, dissymmetry and uh, mm-hmm. uh, what's the word? Not like fractals. The they're just beautiful mm-hmm. or whatever fractals, right? Fractals. I think that's uh, fractals have order. Uh, I think you're thinking more on the chaos side of dystopian and uh, distorted and non-symmetrical. Yeah, yeah. the negative effects. Yeah, yeah. The positive so effects both... are symmetry and. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So yeah, yeah, and but so a lot of what he you know stood by is to give love mm-hmm. and gratitude, mm-hmm. and that basically, essentially. Uh, the most beautiful ice crystals yeah and so i try very hard most days all days every day every minute to Mm -hmm. to hold love and gratitude Mm -hmm. in my heart hell yeah and and just have that be who i am as a person (laughs) you know in my music and all of it just gotta be thankful Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is very true which is very true i think that even breaks down to a vibrational level uh, if, if you look at it from from the standpoint of electromagnetism which uh, there's there's sound theory that suggests that electromagnetism has more to do with gravity than mass does and, you know than, than some of the Newtonian theories of uh, physics mm-hmm. but anyway there's a lot of stuff in question and electromagnetism has a lot to do with it and I think vibration uh, one of the reasons we're seeing this renaissance in music and art uh, and the, I guess you could call it the antithesis of the patriarchy and the reason we're going away from that is so that we can get more into this this era of good music you know, it's been an era of shitty music for so long. There's been this bad vibe in the air for so long About that it, we're yeah. finally moving in this direction. We're like, no, we're done with that crap. Like, it's time for some good music again. Okay. And even if that's just, you know, people sitting around in drum circles, not necessarily writing great songs, which people definitely are. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to use that as an analogy, I think, I think that's where we're going. And I think it's because of guys like Emoto that... Um, that that research is coming out, but that ties back into the Buddhist thing, uh, which also raises the question of, what do you do with all the negative emotion? Uh, is it healthy to to live through that, 
And from the framework of love and gratitude, you can't not experience the negative. You can't. It's impossible. Right. So part of the human experience. So then it becomes a matter of just walking through that experience with a particular mindset. But I wonder how that becomes uh, how that becomes valuable, because not everything, especially from a negative standpoint, things that we do in the moment are hard to genuflect on and reflect on. Mm-hmm. And so, how do Absolutely. we? Yeah. So how do we take that concept and turn it into real time? versus just philosophy. So since you've been studying it for so long, what does it look like in your daily practice to not not just walk around and be happy and say love and gratitude all, all the time, but when you've got negative shit going on and the bills are due and all that good stuff, how does that manifest itself as a philosophy in your life? In my life? Well, there's, there's a lot. Because sometimes it man, uh, manifests itself like unsuccessfully you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sometimes i'm not pleasant like i was telling mm-hmm. you earlier so like wake up i'm a bear like mm-hmm. you know yeah. <laughs> only thing up. i hate worse than going to bed you know it's it, you you can't avoid it but you can't uh feel how do i put it you can't i mean we could sit there through our lives and try to become the best version of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And you don't, you, that takes a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that also takes, you know, that, that mentality, I guess you'd say, mm-hmm. is to become the best version of yourself. Or, and to be, now, now then you have to say to be the best version of yourself. So, you know, as I said, sometimes I'm not the most pleasant person to be mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's the very fine line between... I don't, you know, I couldn't tell you that I, I've got it right because I sure as heck don't think I do. But in the moments where you do have it right, mm-hmm. what does it look like? It looks beautiful. It's always <laughs> wonderful. I got to, yeah, you know, we, you know, it's, it's great. It's, you know, sometimes the, the hardest thing is just, you know, you gotta, you gotta put it all together and try to know that it's okay to smile mm-hmm. and and if you remember to do that, if you remember to share that, then, you know, you can sit there and be grumpy. I, I mean, you know, Britt knows all about me being grumpy. Mm-hmm. But but you can, if you try to, I guess, just approach it in the, I'm not a bad guy. Like, I'm not doing anything wrong because I'm really not. I'm just in a bad mood. <laughs> like, and just, it's basically, I, I'd say it's not about, it's... It's about not feeling uh, guilt for being human, mm-hmm. and and I mean, because most of us aren't horrible, you know, people. We're not like we're not bad to each other. We don't mm-hmm. want to hurt anyone, and like, I, you know, like that's just how you know we don't want to do that. But but sometimes we feel guilt because um, because we're not able to help everyone mm-hmm. um and so like you know that coming down to it it's saying you know i'm i feel this way as a human being because uh because of my incapabilities because of the things that i'm unable to do um and so i guess the biggest point is you know to try to set the goal 
to do all of that in the most reasonable way possible, you know, and if it comes from like, you know, you give back to people mm-hmm. and give back uh, to yourself in, in, in kind words and mm-hmm. kind thoughts and know that you deserve that. I mean, and that's, that's a straight up reflection of my inner, you know, mm-hmm. inner being, uh, but it's also how I choose to live, you know, and choose and I'm happy about it. Good. Yeah, you know. <laughs> That's all you can do is yeah. be happy about it. Well, and it's really important. Uh, like you said, you've had that for a long time and uh, and have have sat around with it and, and have known about just the possibility of that uh, for a long time. And, and that makes it matter uh, because it's education. It's one of the things my, my buddy made a good point last night. Uh, if I could fix one piece of legislation, if I could could do one thing, it would be education. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, find find a way to, to get more of that out there, um, because it's true. It's true. It's such an easy thing to uh, to carry around with you with all this information, but we have a hard time accessing it. It's one of the problems with artificial intelligence. You know, um, I don't know if you are as connected to your phone and Facebook as as I am. Do you? Do you have, do you find yourself on, on social media and stuff all the time? Not all the time, but really, I try to keep my phone away from me, you know, most hours of the day, so. Mm. Uh, I imagine it helps when you're trying to connect with other people. Yeah. That's you know, one of my biggest downfalls is that I'm worried too much about social media crap. Mm-hmm. So. That is, it's just, you know, no matter what, I'm going to, like, I'll get the things I need to, but it's, my priorities are in my family and Good. and all that stuff. That's awesome. Well, that's awesome, as well it should be. But no, don't get me wrong, Facebook, I, Facebook let's, let's watch that. <laughs> Mike sent me this hilarious video the other day. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, but it is so funny. Uh, so there's this guy sitting, and so we're both audio engineers. This guy's sitting in the recording. Oh, the girl in the booth? Board. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. I died. And the dude's, like, hands at the end of it, and he's just like, what in the... I died. That was yeah. so funny. Yeah. There, you just can't. You just can't anymore. Um, I was talking about vocal technique. And that's exactly why. That's exactly why. Because, oh man, and that's just the distance somebody's microphone is from their mouth, let alone people that just suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that was that is, that that was so much like. I How many times laughing. did you watch it? In, oh, probably in like. I was driving when I played. So, like, I sat down in the floor. Like, <laughs> I, I left. We had just played on uh, Monday night, and I uh-huh. opened it up. And uh, I put it down before I left, and I watched the whole video, and I was like, that's so funny, you know? And so, like, so I started driving, and I was like, play. <laughs> I was laugh. I laughed my way to the sports <laughs> That's great. That's my new measure is, uh, is how, many times, how many times do I watch something uh, when, when it's funny. And that, that is a classic, though, man, because it's got, for those of you that haven't seen it, for, it's got... The girl's producer or manager or whatever behind him, mm-hmm. and so there's this guy bugging him the whole time, sitting over his shoulder while he's basically taking this girl who couldn't even survive at karaoke, <laughs> and uh, and making her sound like an like angel, a hit songwriter, oh. you know, or a hit hit, yeah. you know. 
Yeah, that was cool. <sighs> but uh, it goes to show you, man, and then that brings up the auto-tune and all of the lip-syncing that went on. I don't watch all the award shows, but mm-hmm. apparently there was one recently. Oh, And there really? was some lip-syncing. Oh, Did you hear about any no. of this? No. No? Good, no. you're not connected either. I try. I try not to, but good God, come on. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Oh, it was the, the halftime show for the Bama game. Did you watch the game, football game? Mm-mm. No? I watched... Fuck. No, you know what? No, I'm not going to high-five you. It was playing it. on the background while we were playing. Okay, that Yeah, I mean, uh, okay. it was there, but I wasn't, <laughs> wa- I wasn't playing like, ooh. Oh! <laughs> I just celebrate with them. Yeah. No, I, I, Cheers! I just Full don't time. get as, as excited about it as uh, as I used to. It's fun to watch. It was, and and it was, it was a really it was good a game. It was a damn good game. Yeah. It was a Overtime and national championship. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't ask for more than they that. They came back like, you know, yeah. like no other, too. Like that's mm. awesome. Yeah, that was a good game though. It really was. I uh Yeah, I we're both like we it. didn't watch it. Yeah, we did. <laughs> no, I honestly didn't. I didn't see a lick of it. I think I may have seen like three minutes worth of replays collectively oh, in okay, the last okay. two days. I tried tried to avoid it. Uh I was enthralled in some YouTube stuff. My nose is constantly buried in ancient and uh ancient aliens. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but the an- wait, wait, wait. The Anunnaki. Right. <laughs> I was listening to a lecture by him this morning. Uh, George, what's his nuts? Sorry, I'm not talking shit, but just that so many crazy. memes. That so dude's so memes. crazy. He's so funny, though. Uh, he's He reminds me of someone that got a hold of one good line and just repeats it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, is really fascinating. Because <laughs> he, he doesn't have a lot to say. He doesn't have a lot to offer on the subject. But he's uh-huh. got that great delivery on that one thing. And uh, so he's a good reporter. But, yeah, so I uh, I missed the football game altogether, uh, which was good to hear the replays from people, I guess. But yeah, yeah. I didn't feel like I missed too much No, it was just, yeah. other, than, other than the OT stuff in the second half. But I kept thinking about it the whole time from the bookie standpoint. Like, who's making money off of this? Like, in as set up and as contrived as the world has become, mm-hmm. how much of that was a really good football game and how much of it was, uh, hypothetically, before anybody sends me shitty emails, uh, <laughs> I, won't, I just won't say any names, but somebody taking a dive, like somebody, did somebody set that up to get paid off, you know, with as often as crap like that happens. Mm-hmm. The whole time I'm sitting there, see, I see updates on Facebook every once in a while, and I'm like, oh, somebody got paid for that. Mm-hmm. You know, people start complaining about the refs that's a really immediately. That's a really interesting theory, like the dive that you can take. But I wonder, though, I, in football it seems a little less realistic yeah. just because of how many people are involved, but you, you never know. Yeah. Uh, it, it's six of one, half dozen of the other. You know, a, a friend put it in my head recently, and so it comes up how how rigged things are. And it makes sense. It, it, if you apply Occam's razor, you know, just the simplest answer, it makes so much sense that everything else is so rigged. Why wouldn't the sporting events? Why wouldn't... And even well, though it, it, it applies in every realm of what we yeah. love, you know? Like, the, like, I... It's... Yeah, I mean... It's, it's kind of become the measure to take something that's enjoyable and for some asshole to come along and see how I could distorted see. they can make it in some way. I don't want to get my ass whooped. <laughs> so. Oh, I will. Oh, was that <laughs> offensive to somebody? My bad. No, no, you only made me paranoid. <laughs> oh, my bad. No, no. I, I wonder. I could see that a lot more in, like, 
national like NFL. I could I picture that a lot more in NFL than I could college football, but I don't really know. You know, mm. it's it's a curious thought. Yeah, there's a there's a lot there's a lot of well, theories that could be formed out of that. The the thing that got me was when you think about how much money's on the line. Mm-hmm. With with different teams going different places and all that, the business of football, people don't put billions of dollars on the line for a chance, you know. So when it comes to the advertising and all that good stuff, a lot it has to be well thought out because that's what the the business folks are up to. And I think there is a good bit of how can we destroy this beautiful thing that uh, and it, that may never be the intent, but there's something about this middleman culture that we have that uh, that things get corrupted through through the, these big industries. Well, yeah, that's you know, you know what is it? That's kind of the nature. What's of the word I made up? Corporatology? Is that corporatology? Yeah. <laughs> when did you make this up? I don't remember this. I'm all about corporatology. Yeah. I'm not going to go too far into that one. Uh well, yeah. I'll extrapolate it out. So, because I go, I use the term corporatocracy. Have you seen uh, or the movie? Have you seen the movie Idiocracy? Uh, so they elect a, a sports reality TV star, and it's this dystopian Walmart is this massive store that you could buy everything at, and it's the only store, and every, this, everything else is just horrible. It's absolutely horrible. Mm-hmm. They, uh, the government. Like, <laughs> The government feeds the crops Gatorade because it has electrolytes, which is what Oh, yeah, okay, I remember that movie. <laughs> yes, I've seen that movie. Yeah, like, that's where we're going. So, my lot, my, so, I guess, you know, when it all comes down to it, everything is based in, in, in the business standpoint, in the, uh, it, literally, like, in just, in, in honest pursuit, ethics is yeah. where I stand. You know? Right. It's also where I draw my line. Yeah. Um, so, and so, for me... If if ethics aren't bad, and this is man, this is just this is the last like three years of knowing the most wonderful human being on the face of this planet is just you know being able to understand like like growing to understand this is that it's really all about like being conscientious and supporting that too. You know, you vote with your money. That's mm-hmm. what you do. Mm-hmm. You just, you vote with your money, and you, and that's what becomes popular. And so, like, you know, when it comes down to it, when, when consumption turns into a matter of ethics, um, and ethics do exist in all subjects, and ethics are, uh, you know, there are very, it's very evident that a lot of what goes, you know, a, a portion of what goes on within uh, certain corporate, you know, locations are, in my opinion, and in my understanding, and just in, in our knowledge, unethical, something I don't want to pay for, mm-hmm. something that I don't believe in. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, back down to it, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's what corporate, you know, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. That's how I see it. I see it, and, and don't get me wrong, there are some great corporations, mm-hmm. as long as you're ethical. Yeah, and I think that's something that a lot of people miss. Uh, I The debates and the arguments that I get in on a regular basis uh, yeah. have so little to do with policy anymore. Uh, like not that we need to discuss politics, but, uh, but in the realm of, of current events, 
politics comes up a lot, but I don't ever bring it up in the form of politics. It always comes up first in the form of ethics. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, this is the kind con- like, leave the politics out of it. The conversation we need to be having is exactly what you're talking about, this, this ethics uh, standpoint, because it seems like that's what people want to talk about. Yeah. Um, people, I don't hear a lot of people getting nitty gritty about details on, on anything, on how we should accomplish these better things. It's this just this righteous hostility of some sorts. Well, you know. And, but that comes from some very disparate, specific places. Mm-hmm. Um, which is odd. But I, I totally agree, man. I think the ethics uh, are, are right then and there. Um, and from a corporate standpoint, the corporatocracy just... Uh, it's, not, it's not healthy. It's, it's not... It's not healthy when you get to a point where the only thing you have to influence the status quo is the thing that you have to, or that most people have to go through the corporations to attain. Mm-hmm. And, and therein lies a really vicious loop yeah. that, uh, that can get pretty gnarly Oh yeah, for a lot of people, which I think we're moving away from that uh, thanks to guys like Tesla. You know, or like, like Tesla. <laughs> no, Nikola Tesla was an old dude uh, who did some awesome things that, that allowed Tesla the car to, to come about thanks to Elon Musk. Man, I started calling that dude Elon Stark because he's just one one awesome suit shy of being Iron Man. Really? Like, for real. He's Who is this? Elon Musk. The guy that made Tesla. Okay, so this guy made cars that drive themselves. Uber-efficient electric cars. Uh, the guy that built all the the SpaceX rockets uh-huh. uh, and sends them to space, which is the first company to land a rocket and reuse it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he's built a company called the. He's got a GoFundMe that's raised three hundred thousand dollars to uh, to dig tunnels, and he wants to develop these Hyperloop supersonic. Uh, I say supersonic. I have no idea exactly how fast, but. Transport pods. Yeah, pretty much. No way! For cars. So a car drops what? down into these tunnels, and, and they take you uh, take you wherever you want to go, across town. But the Hyperloop is an underground thing. So anyway, this guy... is badass. Right, and he invented PayPal, or was involved in PayPal. And so that's where he got all his money. He's a modern-day Tony Stark. Like, real... As close as you could get mm-hmm. to a modern-day tech mogul I, I guess would be a good way to say it but what's what he's involved he's involved in some artificial intelligence stuff he's involved in some uh, the self-driving cars and the trucks that's going to be huge and one of the reasons to get back to ethics uh, is that we are looking we are staring down the barrel of when trucks are no longer uh, need humans you know and once we get to the point where we can mechanize and start taking over via artificial intelligence a lot of people's jobs, it won't be a matter of we should let these people keep their job. It's a matter of who can do it better, the machine or the person. And when the machines do it better than the people do, there's no real argument for the people to keep their jobs, which raises the questions of ethics and what are we really here to do? You know, Is it ethical for us to, to just... Mm, you know well exactly like uh you, you know 
some of the greatest minds are the most progressive minds. Some some of the most progressive minds are some of the richest people. And you know, the, the, I mean, in in those in that way, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that's you know. <laughs> puts all us normal people at a pretty hard place, you know? Well, that gets back to universal basic income. I think that's one of the directions that we're headed. Uh, Universal income. Yeah. You familiar with that? Universal basic income? So the idea is that governments will not write people checks and hand them a bunch of cash, but the models that have worked in other countries are uh, these voucher systems where the government plays a much smaller role and uh, instead of uh, instead of sending people cash for welfare or something like that, they basically subsidize everybody off off the good of the country. So, the country makes a ton of money. The government sends you enough money to pay your rent. Uh, that's it's all still there. But yeah, so the government will send you enough money to pay your rent, uh, to buy some food, like $12,000 a year is what it comes up to. Basically enough to cover your bill, like low, low, low in bills so you can live, mm-hmm. uh, which is the first step. But that's the first step towards Gene Roddenberry's Star Trek, you know, where everybody works and, and lives for the same thing and exactly. it's very ecumenical. And, oh, Star Trek. I know, that dude was was awesome. Mm-hmm. Do you think Gene was, was had, had aliens? telling him what it was like and he was just copying it down or did he just make all that up? I mean, either that or he smokes really good stuff. I mean... Mm, <laughs> mm. I heard about a guy taking Not really, 40 but... grams of mushrooms. I've been listening to this guy talk. He's up to 40 grams of psilocybin, which is unbelievable. For those of you who don't know, the heroic dose, Terrence McKenna called 5 grams. It'll twist your brain. It'll make you... All that he took forty grams and does this time. not regularly, regularly, but like once or twice a year. Yeah. What? Forty grams. How's his liver feel? Fine. Uh, there's there's no there's no limit to to psilocybin. You, it won't kill you. Uh, it's one of the. What's up, Justin? Um, Which one? Phobes. Hey, Phobes. Yeah. So psilocybin is one of the much the one of the fungi that won't uh, won't ruin you. It won't kill you. Amazingly enough, I did not. That's pretty crazy, actually. Which I think is a good thing, but that gets us to ethics. Do you need? To, I need to pee. Yeah, okay, go ahead. We're gonna take a look at, at these comments. Brain. <laughs> I've always wanted to do that. So, while uh, while JP is taking a break, we're gonna pull up these comments. Phobes, I told you I was in, right? Yes, yes, you did. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, let me make sure this doesn't make a big noise. Um, and I want to find that guy's name for everybody that I keep talking about, uh, whose name I can't remember that did the 40 grams of mushrooms. It's a really neat guy. And uh, if you are into psilocybin and uh, psychotropics, uh, Kalindi Ii. I-E-I. Chlamydia what? Yeah, chlamydia. <laughs> uh, Kalindi Lai is his name. And uh, he's this martial artist from Africa and takes these ridiculous high doses of psilocybin. Uh, that's him right there. He's a neat dude. Whoa. Mm-hmm. I was just about to pull this up and see if there 
are more comments for us. Darren Puzon. Oh, hey. That's my brother, or my uh, cousin. Chris. <laughs> Daniel. Clifford Collier. So good to talk to y'all. Um, some water or anything? Mm, no, I'm good. Okay. I'm good. Uh, yeah, so, this guy, like I was talking about, uh, this guy doing these 30, 40 gram doses of psilocybin is, um, absolutely, absolutely amazing, or fascinating to listen to, to people like that talk, because the experiences that come out of something like that are, they push the limits of, of what, what we can know, or what we think we can know. I was just talking to myself about how what massive doses of psilocybin and, and, and other drugs. That's part of my new mentality is the exploring this phenomenon of mind-altering substances are most effective when taken in massive doses for very short periods of time. You don't, like, microdosing is one end of the ex extreme spectrum that has specific results and mm -hmm. benefits. Whereas the other end is doing like this guy does, taking 30 grams at a time, but you don't do it but once, you know, a couple of years or once a lifetime. It's like a near-death experience. <laughs> Not the kind of thing you would advocate for most people, but uh, but very healthy, hmm. which is fascinating. I don't know how much you get into uh, psychedelics. Not too deep. Not too deep. Not 30 grams at a time. No, God, no. <laughs> that guy's, that's ridiculous stuff. It is. It is. But I think things like that are beneficial from an ethics standpoint. It's one of the reasons I'm really happy about all the uh, the marijuana legislation that's coming out and all the backlash that Sessions is getting. Um, because guys like Rick Doblin and the MAPS Institute and all the research that's come out for... Uh, the psychological benefits, PTSD, and mm -hmm. um, just in conjunction with stem cell therapies and some of the things that they're finding out in the cancer research, it's amazing. I've and seen, I've, there's, I mean, that's been so well covered, I mean, in so many realms, but if you do your own research, it's really, it is pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's incredibly amazing, and I, I just, I there's nothing that like I can wrap my head around that says, you know, like just down to even CBD and like, you know, just a, just access to it is almost, you know, I mean, it's easy, but it, I guess there's a lot more to say about this, but I think that I fully support, you know, like, yeah, that should be a part of, you know, and a, a more significant part of treating people in the medical realm. Because yeah. it's, it's, it's almost like, you know, it's almost stupid that it's not, you know, yeah, dumbing down to it. And it's not like the information wasn't there. Mm -hmm. um, it's been well documented that people knew the benefits. and Back to ethics, though, I guess. Right, <laughs> right. And so that raises the question of how do you take something that is known to make people's ethical standards go up? and make it harder to get without being intentionally malicious. Mm -hmm. Like, were the guys who outlawed pot for racial reasons that whole time around, 
Would would they be able to do that today? And that raises the question: Have you seen the guy out in Oklahoma, the guy that's talking about uh, eugenics and pot? Mm-mm. Okay, there's a guy running for state rep. Uh, I'll find his name real quick. Um, uh, that's not no. I'm not going to do. That. I'm not going to be that guy that needs to look that shit up. Yeah, I can't remember his name. His name's not important. He doesn't need that kind of credit. The point is, he stood up. There's a video of him online. He stood up and talked about how. African American people need to be denied access to marijuana because their character is lacking. He, that's nearly a direct quote from this guy, and he's running for office. It's so horrible. It's reprehensible because it's it means that he either knows full well the lie he is telling, mm-hmm. or he is so misinformed that that he's willing. To breach his own concept of ethics. Yeah. Which raises the question, he's probably never smoked pot. Has he ever smoked pot? <laughs> Who knows, yeah. Probably not. Uh-huh. We need, uh, what's his name? Uh, Daryl, the, the the black guy that went around and made friends with all the Klansmen. We need to send him up there. What? Have you seen that guy? No! Oh, yeah. Awesome, awesome story. Uh, this guy went around and uh, was curious. He didn't, he'd never met any, anybody from the clan. And uh, so there's a great documentary about him. Uh, he went and just talked to these people and, and said, hey man, my name's Daryl. <laughs> What's going on? And converted something like 200 Klansmen uh, across, across the country, across the South. And uh, just, and these people are telling stories about, well, I never met a black person before. I didn't know. And you're just like, oh, my God, education. Like, how is the education not there? Well, that goes back to the ethics, too. You know, there's only so much education you need if you've got the right ethical framework, I think. Yeah. That's just, that's wild to think. That's it, really it, wild to think. It's perplexing. It's terrifying on one hand. Uh, but the, the guy that so obviously is wrong, uh, from an ethical standpoint of outlawing marijuana based on these racial eugenic arguments. Uh, that's how depraved and horrible it's gotten. And I don't know, without being uber-judgmental, and aside from the obvious lack of ethics, do you see anything that we could do behaviorally? Is there anything we can do that's kind, of, that's kind of a cheap, cheesy question. It's not, not really important, but how's it affecting your daily life now that ethics are more publicly aired? Mm. I mean, it. You know, I'll start. I mean, I'll lay the fr- framework for you. It's become. Uh, it's very divisive to have so many hot, hot button topics so readily tossed about, and. Uh, like I was saying earlier, take the politics out and just looking at it from an ethics standpoint, I've had a lot of arguments with people just about uh, standards of communication and respect and, and honesty and how that it's when honesty comes into question, that calls into question trust. And so this is this domino effect that, that ethics takes into, into consideration that has made being in, in some public places really tricky for me. I got in an argument with a guy unintentionally uh, over some jokes at a comedy club, and it almost got really bad just because 
somebody got their feelings hurt over uh, something that was, you know, they got somebody got mad for being called a liar, and when they were proven to be a liar, it got really mad, mm-hmm. and probably not the place to be calling people liars, and I'm sure I'm, I'm culpable for stirring that pot a little bit, but at the same time, that's an ethics issue. Like, you can't beat people up because you're an asshole. Like, that's not justification for anything. <laughs> and that's so, the truth. And so it's gotten really tricky. It's gotten really tricky that uh, that a lot of people are, are really worked up about a lot of things. And so from an ethics well, standpoint, you know, how do we bring that back to love and gratitude? Like, how do we, how do we impose more love and gratitude on the compromised ethics that a lot of our culture is suffering through. If you could give anybody some two cents. To, I mean, you know, right back to it. Yeah. To, to don't, you know, like, no matter what. And they, they teach this in, you know, if you want to take it to religion, you can take it to religion. Yeah, sure. If you want to take it. But this there's a grand scope of what they teach. And... Uh, religion, spirituality, uh, you know, uh, pursuit of happiness, so to speak, is love. Like, mm. so this, the, you know, the pot stirs, uh, but you shouldn't take, you know, you shouldn't step into a situation with anything less than love in your heart because, you know, because, uh, I don't know how to put it, but if you want to call it the misguided, you know, why wouldn't you love the misguided? They need love the most, you know. That's a great quote. And that's that's what it's that's what it's all about. I mean, yeah. so because I it's impossible. I think there there's a, a the reason that we should try our hardest to love the unlovable is because no one else will, and yeah. because it's impossible. Because because it's so hard. We all need a little bit of love. If we ain't if we ain't feeling the love, then like, you know, then 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 the world becomes sad. <laughs> and yeah, and, and so how how not way. sad is the world? That's a that's let's go there. Uh, how many things are we curing? CRISPR gene therapy. Like, have you seen some of this stuff? Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Gene therapy? Yeah. We're doing amazing things. As horrible as the news tells you things are, this is the, the bright side segment of the show um, where we talk about how awesome things are. And the kid that's cleaning up the oceans nearly single-handedly, like these massive projects to get all the plastic out of the oceans, mm-hmm. uh, which are really, really neat. That's very cool. Yeah. Uh, you need to send me your website. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, the website, truthloveandpeace.com. Uh, check it out. You uh, share these all on a blog. Here's information uh, that you can find value in. Oh, uh, the first one everybody needs to know about is the, the weekly science report that Graham Hancock does. Uh, I don't know if, if you look into that, but... That's the one, that's the only one I'm yeah. prescribed to on, on Facebook. That's a good one. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's a real good one uh, to keep up with all the what's goings on. Um, I'm trying to think where, where else I would refer people. Um, well, where else do you look? Uh, you said that's the, the one that you're prescribed to. But when I look for, for Brightside information, there's a great Facebook page called Brightside that's good at putting out positive news. Cool. Um, but the other positive stuff, you know, we live in an age where uh, it's safer to be a human now than most points in history. You know, violence is really, really low. The, um, the atrocities of the world are way less than they have been. In the grand scheme of human history? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 
there's still some horrible shit going on. Yeah. But comparatively, how efficiently we are starting to right those wrongs. Yeah. And and how we're getting into ethics. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's one of the things that brings us back to one of the reasons we've waited so long to do this portion of the house cleaning, I think, is because it's uncomfortable mm-hmm. and because it's not fun. And uh, and so we're finally doing that. But hopefully, with uh, a little bit of love and gratitude to guide the way, we'll uh, we'll all be a little better off. I see you peeking out the door. We have have pushed this to uh, to about seventy five minutes. Hot dog. Which uh, which I'm happy to keep going, but I think we can put a pin in it and call it round two. Deal. And come back and talk about uh, religion and Buddhism and and values and how all of those things are. Let me. Are important, but yeah, let's do all the plugs. Let's do. Let me. Well, keep. Let's keep, do what you want. I want you oh, all. If, if anyone's spiels. tuned in, is anyone tuned in? Yeah, there are a couple people still there. Um, if y'all are there, I'd love to show you a song by Zachary Thomas Diedrich, recorded in this room. Coming to you live. Well, okay. The only before we do that, yeah. uh, or I would rather hear one of your songs. Okay. Because uh, without having Zach's permission, that since true. this goes to iTunes. I would hate to interfere with any of his licenses. Okay, yeah, I didn't even think yeah. about that. Cool. Because yeah. and it's not that Zach would have a problem with. It. I'm not saying that that Zach wouldn't want us to share his music. I'm sure he would, but the uh, the you know Zach is part is a songwriter, and as a songwriter, for those of you who don't know, what happens is when you put stuff out there, uh, there are means of protection that hopefully are getting better uh, for songwriters to not have their stuff stolen. And, and not be played without getting credit and, uh, and getting paid for it. So um, it can become a conflict of interest if we were to publish something that went out and the people who protect him through copyright and everything find it and then they have to jump through hoops to help prevent a situation that they're paid to prevent. And it, it just it gets ugly. It's not, uh, it's not fun. So we don't want to... We don't want to fuck it up, is what I'm saying. How about I just play a song? That would be even better. I'll just do that. That Where would be is even better. My pick. So that's why Zach's got to come on the show, because uh, we want to hear his music. And I'm sure he will soon. Oh, what song should I do? Oh, I don't know. I love my pick. Oh, I gotta fix this guitar today. I have a magical hole in there. Oh, wait, hang on before you do that. <laughs> Okay. Should I jinx this? Mm, only if you want to. <laughs> no. No, I, I'm just making sure camera's up and running. Uh, thanks so much for y'all hanging in on, on Facebook with us, for joining us on this Wednesday nooner morning whatever. And uh, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Phenomena. Uh, I know. I wish I had my trumpet. I'd play that. That's one of my favorite songs. Phenomena. Phenomena. Uh, so, what, Mr. Puzon, are you going to play for us? Well, <laughs> uh, let me do this song. This is a. So, you sit there and. Yeah, well, this is about, this is a song called Criminal. It's a brand new song. Ooh. 
bombed another pack of smokes today. Ten new strangers, two spare smokes away from getting my fix from the flames that I've lit. Sweet addictions here, cause easy never came. Now money's hard and gold just melts away But the silver lining gives a dog its day I soon the dough is spent and I'm left with pocket lint You see I always seem to take the things I know I shouldn't take I always seem to take the things I know I shouldn't take Criminal, criminal, what a word The only one who feels it lives and learns Often think that love can change it But it only makes you face it So not who, but what do you love and why I said not who, but what do you love and why So I'll bum another pack of smokes and hope it doesn't count. I'll bum another pack of smokes and hope it doesn't count. Criminal, criminal. If the only one who feels it lives and learns, often think that love can change it, but it only makes you feel face it, so not who, but what do you love and why, I said not who, what do you love and why. Something like that. That's great, man. That's great. Criminal. Criminal by Jonathan Pouzon. Is that on the up and coming album? Maybe. <laughs> Yay. I'm working out the details still. Got but I will be. I am working on a new album. I just don't have a release date yet. And uh, that's awesome, man. I'm fine tuning the music. Yeah. Yeah. Making it all where I want it to be. I like that. I like that. Well, I hope you can uh, finish that song before you quit smoking. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Before it becomes outdated. I need a cigarette now. <laughs> oh, man. Such a good one. Such a good one. I guess we could leave it there. I Because uh, if I open up another can of worms, I'm going to be here for a hot minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, without blah, 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 ladles and jelly spoons, it's been a glory. A blah, blah, it's been, see, I can't even talk anymore. That's why it's time to let this thing go. Ha! Thanks for joining us. Truth, love, and peace. Uh, until next time. He's been Jonathan Puzan, and I am semi-absent. <laughs> <laughs> and here goes YouTube.
by YouTube, and for those of you on the podcast, the soothing sounds of a Tibetan bowl played by a Puzan. Truth, love, and peace.